today we're talking about why you shouldn't quit just yet on your dream life. I feel like we're approaching that season. It's towards the end of the year, the start of a new year, where we just want to quit what's not working and start anew. I recently shared a social media post and it was a clip from Alex Hormozzi's keynote speaker where he shared how we go through the change curve. And I never, never noticed the change curve like this. I don't know about you, but when I was taught the change curve, it was back in corporate and we we're looking at corporate culture change. You go through a period of like anger, denial, depression before you see the benefit of the change that you're going through. Usually in my job, it was always the new system that was coming in that was going to change the way they work. But Alex Hormozzi looks at the change curve and he said there's a period of optimism where we see the benefits of what we're being sold. It's like, okay, something's going to change. This is going to happen. It's going to be good. And it might be, I talked about it in terms of your business idea. You have heard somebody talk about something on a podcast. You maybe went on a webinar. You've heard all about how property investment right now is the thing to do. Or maybe you've heard that it's not because of the property crash. And you're feeling optimistic. You're feeling like, I can do this. This is my escape route. This is my way out of my nine to five, my financial freedom, my time freedom. And then somewhere on that journey, we get despondent because we realize we all of a sudden get this uninformed pessimism, if you like. It's like, oh, everybody around me is telling me this is... I've been sold a lie. It isn't that easy. It's not going to work. Everybody's questioning it. You know the thing. Everybody's like, is it really going to work this time? And and they're putting the doubt in there and you've already got your own doubts to begin with. And that's, he says, when we get to the bottom of that lull, that's when we ditch everything or he calls it crash and burn. And then we cycle back round to the start and basically restart a new business idea. I mean, of you listening, how many of you have either created a whole new business idea concept whether you've actually started any of them or not you just kept recycling or changing your ideas I know I have and how many of you have if not that then maybe you have changed your offer changed your approach you've gone from one-to-one to doing workshops to doing speaking events at corporates to doing digital courses memberships switching it all online one minute we're doing one thing and the next we're switching it out And then he says, if we actually don't crash and burn each time and we go through that more informed optimism where it's like, okay, I've got some knowledge now. I know what works, what doesn't. I know what to question. And I know I've got to put the work in. It's not that easy as everybody sold me. And they just crack on with it. And that's when you start to see more success and the change curve gradually goes up and you start to get the rewards. Now, if you're like me, then you've probably done that a few times. So this episode, I mean, I've probably Googled a thousand times. Should I quit on my business idea? Is it not working? When do I know when to quit on my goal? If I'm on the wrong path? And the problem is with Googling any of these questions or reading any of these things or even listening to this right now is you stand a chance of being persuaded by somebody else's opinion of what you should be doing. And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something that I found really handy for me, which was just getting you to look inwardly and ask those really important questions about whether you should quit. And maybe it's not even quitting. It's just about course adjusting what you're doing. Your offer's not working. Maybe it's about tweaking it. So let's delve right into why you shouldn't quit just yet on your dreams. And hopefully I can get you fired up like this kind of does me when we get fired up because you need that every now and then. You know, sometimes even if you enjoy what you're doing or even if you can see the purpose in what you are doing, 
then it can be really tricky to still wake up every single time and do the work when it's not quite having the fast rewards that we're used to. You see, there's a lot of studies that suggest that we're we're dopamine junkies. So (laughs) dopamine is that little hit of pleasure that you get when you do something. It might be for you, it might be checking your social media and getting a load of likes. It might be a dopamine hit when you log into Netflix and watch something in the evening that makes you feel good. It might be laughing at a comedy. It could be getting a text message from a loved one. A dopamine hit could be as simple as I eat a biscuit and or chocolate. If you're. And when you realize there's little, little moments there where you're getting all these dopamine hits and how easy it is, it's so easy, isn't it, to deviate from the work, the hard graft and the work that's going to take a long time before it pays off to go and do something that's actually not very rewarding. You know, you, you know, it's something that's going to reward you, sorry, immediately. Like these dopamine junkies that we are. So I want to share a couple of stories that I read and from various personal development books. So I think I've got some Stephen Covey going on in here. Um, definitely got some Jack Canfield going on in here. Um, got some Tony Robbins going on in here. There's all sorts of different things going on in this episode that I wanted to share with you. But I just want to scene set because this is a little bit weird. I've not done this before. It's it's now 5.45 in the morning when I'm recording this. Luke has been up since four and he's just nodded off again. And I thought, well, I'm awake now. So I'm going to seize the day because last night I was listening to my episode on how would you do what it takes? It's a motivation episode. It's a Monday motivation episode. If you haven't listened to my Monday motivations, you really should. They're really short 10 minute episodes. And I started doing it because I used to have a Monday motivation newsletter. Um, I still do my Monday motivation email. And off the back of that, the feedback and the open rate was just phenomenal. If anybody has an email newsletter or emails that you send out on campaigns or anything, you'll know the open rates of 75% and above is just incredible. And that's what I get with the Monday motivation email. So I, a long while back, I used to do these daily lives and they were, they were like, get up, wake up, seize the day and feel motivated. It was to go into your day really intentional. And I did this as part of my leadership coaching and I realized that I enjoyed those. They either got me fired up and I got some really positive feedback. So I was like, okay, how can I do this for my community now? And I thought, let's just do a Monday 10 minute and you can binge on them if you like every Monday or you can just listen to one if that's all you've got time for. But the objective of those episodes is to really get you realigned and focused and on the ball because Sometimes we just need a little cheerleader on the side, don't we? And I want to be that person that sits next to you and goes, come on, you can do this. You are amazing. And and then gives you that supportive arm, that supportive ear, even arm. I can give you an arm as well, like a crutch or something. Anywho, so check out my Monday Motivation me- Messages. Um, there is an, a fantastic episode on are you prepared to do what it takes? And it really helps you to figure out whether you're on the right path, whether you you really want this goal or whether really you don't need it. So that was this story I read. And you know, when you just kind of like, I don't know if it's an alchemist or rich dad, poor dad, or one of those sorts of books might've been something like that. And they talked about people giving up too early and, how people like Walt Disney and 
Mr. Ken Mr. Kentucky, is that his name? Colonel Kentucky, who had a thousand rejections for his KFC recipe of 11 herbs and spices. Then you could tell where I was yesterday with the kids on the holiday. Love a bit of bucket chicken, don't they? Now, there's this element of, you know, Edison did, a, you know, something like a thousand light bulbs before he got the right one or 999 light bulb tests before he managed to get one that worked. And somebody once said to him, did, um, so you had 900 and something failures. And he was like, no, I found 900 and something ways that it wouldn't work. Imagine if you just applied that same thinking to your business or to whatever you're struggling with now, your, your challenge, the thing you're trying to figure out. Yeah, I got nine. So what if I have 900 and something ways that I know it doesn't work? A bit like my social media channel. 900 and something ways that how not to do Instagram. I'm definitely figuring those out big style. <laughs> you only have to take a look at my following. By the way, you should follow because, you know, there is actually some good stuff there. I just don't know the algorithm. And I refuse to just figure out trending dance videos and, and do little bops on the camera because I really don't think you need another person bopping around like a just bopping around on the camera who can barely barely dance but even if you can dance I don't really think you need another one on your feed like you need something that's just gonna break that feed break break the scroll because I want you to go on my Instagram and I want you to go okay I'm ready to do some work now Sue so actually to be honest that's probably the problem with my posts people look at them and then go right I'm gonna do my do some stuff now I'm gonna do take some action on my goals instead of just scrolling on Instagram. So maybe that's why they don't like my account. I make people jump off the platform, not stay on it. <laughs> so in the book, it talks about a gold miner, um, a gold miner who bought some machinery and invested 15 years of his life or something digging for this gold. And by the time 15 years had passed, he ran out of money, he decided, right, that's it, enough. I was never to find the gold. Somebody came in and I'm not sure if it's gold or diamond now, actually. Anyway, it's supposed to be in the States, wherever it was. I, I get the, I'm going to be in the gist of the story. Yeah? Don't get, don't kill me on the details. But basically, somebody else came in, mined the same area, and three, three, three feet along from where they were mining, there was the gold. This person obviously cashed in on the gold and, and the original miner who'd done all that hard work, all that graft, yeah, I feel really sorry for them too. They gave up. I guess the moral of the story really was you never know how far away you are from the top of the mountain, the overnight success. Because the truth is, when we see an overnight success, it's never an overnight success. I remember once listening to Joe Wicks's story. almost forgot his name then. Joe Wicks. So I only came across him, like most people, during lockdown when he did PE for kids, PE with Joe or whatever it was. And we did PE in fancy dress practically every morning all the way through lockdown. And it was fun. And sometimes we'd binge on them. We'd be like, we'd do what the Spider-Man one on today or whatever. It was really fun. But I'd never heard of him before that. Since then, he's had books and, you know, all sorts of other things. And probably as a body coach has managed to command a salary of five times what he could before. And maybe actually he got bigger just before that. And that's just how I learned about him. But I remember listening to his story once that he showed up to do these boot camps and he'd show up in this park every single week to do his boot camp. And for weeks, nobody else showed up. But he kept showing up. 
And then he had maybe one or two people, then three. And he just kept showing up. How in those early days you don't show up and nobody turn up and you feel deflated or feel like you want to quit? I don't know. But the reason I share this is because he didn't quit. And look, look at what he is now. He's a household name, isn't he? He's got books and all sorts. Now, the thing is, you might have done a workshop, a webinar, and nobody show. Maybe you put an offer out there and nobody signed up. I've had landing pages that have got no hits. None. I mean, I don't, I don't know what I did with those links, where I shared them or how I sold them to people, but nobody even clicked on them. So something is, is to be said for this. It's exactly the same, except in this scenario, it's all out there in this, what, I don't know, this scary universe of the internet. So if nobody shows up to your workshop, if nobody shows up to your webinar, nobody clicks on your landing page, nobody joins your waiting list, nobody joins your membership, just remember Joe. Nobody joined his either. Nobody believed him, uh, him in him and his message either. But look at where he is now. Maybe it's going to take some time. And I think one of the challenges we have during this period is that for most of us, earning money is a critical part of the puzzle. If you don't earn money, you feel like you're not contributing to the house. You feel like you can't survive. Maybe you need money to pay the bills. And that's kind of a, a bit of a... I don't know. What's the word? It's a flaw in society in a way. You can't, you can't do the thing you love and make a go of it and go all in if you're not earning some money that keeps the roof over your head and your families. And that's quite important. I know. Trust me, I, I feel the strain of that in my own home, which is why finding some financial freedom, some passive and semi-passive ways is really important to leverage. But then it takes you away from your goal. I know I have all of these conversations as well. So I'm not going to be the guru that's going to tell you you need to go all in, go bankrupt on your business and live on the streets or move back in with your mum and dad. Because let's be honest here, you're grown people, you've, you've made a way and you're damned if you want to lose it. Like you've achieved a lot. You know, we have, you have a home, you have things going on for you. You don't want to step backwards right to the very start and you're not 16 again. You've got to make it work as an adult and that's even harder with commitments and with responsibilities. It's just going to take longer. Give yourself a break. Okay, so I wanted to raise the question of, so I probably talked to you now for ages about just not quitting, don't give up. It's going to be a long haul. It's like a marathon, not a sprint. But I want to also talk about how do you know when it's not going to work? Like I do this all the time. I want to ask you a few questions to help you figure out whether it's going to work. And the first one is a very marketing-led question. It's a very business-led question. Are there others doing what you do? Because this is one really quick, easy way of validating what you do. If there's other people charging for it, paying for it, doing it, or the thing you want to do, then absolutely it's going to work. What if it's too saturated, I hear you say? And I ask this all the time. I mean, part of what I do is a bit of business coaching. A bit of business coaching. Like literally, this is how I term it. It's terrible, isn't it? Empowerment, life and business coaching. But there's so many of those. So why would anybody pay 
you to do it. That's what you're thinking, isn't it? Why will they pay me? Yes, people pay for it. Yes, there's a market in it. Yes, you've just given me a few examples, Sue. But why is anybody going to pay me to do it? There are plenty of other podcasts, websites, blogs to sponsor, people to write books, people to coach them. Yeah, there are. But you'll be different. You'll come from a different perspective. You'll be you. This is this is like your USP. This is the most amazing thing. This is the thing that you haven't yet figured out is your gold. There'll be your experience. And you can always carve out your niche, your specific person that you can help with a very specific goal in mind. And are people paying for that? Are people paying to lose pounds? Yes. Are people paying to get an address size? Yes. Are people get paying to get a beach body? Yes. In their run up to summer, but probably not in the run up to Christmas. Are people going to pay to get rid of the extra pounds they put in over Christmas? Yes. Are people going to pay for relationship and marriage counseling and divorce support and counseling and, and all that kind of stuff and dating advice? Absolutely. People are paying for this. Just start with one, one thing. So how do you know if it's going to work? If other people are doing it, then you can too. You know, I used to say, uh, they don't have kids. They didn't lose years to a corporate career that they were chasing that was never really the right path. And what I realized is this sort of attitude was just my mindset. So if you're asking these questions, it's your mindset we just need to work on empowering you, reframing how you view this and stepping into those shoes. Okay, then I'm going to work on the other side. So I'd like to give a balanced argument here. So when I, when I hear all of these things that are like, yeah, you should just keep doing it and you should never quit, which is probably the pretext of this entire episode so far, and that's by design, I want to throw in a little curveball here. And this, this curveball is because Maybe you're not quitting on something, but you're not quitting on something for the wrong reasons. So it's not that it's your dream, it's somebody else's dream. So the second side of things is not about the marketing of will my business idea work. The second side of things is what, what about you? If you look deep and into your intuition, how do you have a, do you have a good feeling about it or a bad one? I remember when I used to think about, you know, my corporate career and advancing in that, like there was a part of me that just wanted the status. I wanted to feel achievement. I, I was an achiever. I had to achieve. I had to please. And I had to do what was expected of me. And, and that to me felt like what everybody else was doing and what I should be aiming for. But there was always an uneasiness inside of me, a discomfort. And discomfort is good. Don't get me wrong. I know that. But discomfort in a sense that I never felt like me. So you'd put me in that corporate environment and I wasn't behaving like the real me. I was very guarded. I was very professional, but there, there was always a mask. There was always a facade put on. And to a certain degree, that meant the, the best of me never come out because I'd hold back my best ideas. I'd hold back my enthusiasm. And in moments where I'd let it un unleash, I almost felt that everybody was looking at me and saying, just back off, Sue, you know, just shush up. <laughs> Go sit back in the corner of the room. We didn't ask you to come and take over this meeting like you just have. And the problem with that is, you know, it's not aligned to your values. And then I always had this thing that I can't, can't go to the kids play because, you know, I really need to be in this meeting. It's really important. And I, I can't go to the kids lunch or take them to the disco. Like I'm, I'm ringing and asking other people if they can help or just saying, kids, I'm sorry, you can't do that this time. 
There was a sports afternoon once that I really wanted to attend and I couldn't. I ended up on a call the entire time by the sports field. So there are other things that you need to tune into your intuition and things that will work for you. Things that are aligned with your values. And I want to just let that sink in. Because this is asking you, do you really want to do this? Is this your dream or is it somebody else's? And the reason I ask that as well is to make you aware of opportunity costs. I have this conversation a lot with my husband. Um, You know, when you commit to do a course and I committed to do a master's and he's committed to do, he's done various trades courses. So he's, he's a trained brickie, joiner, electrician. And he's got so far through some of these courses before now. And he's felt the obligation to carry on to the next level and complete the level three, you know, the level one, the level two, the level three, and keep going right to the end and do the full portfolio and then an extra exam and an extra this. All of which costs time and money. Time, money and energy, actually. I'm going to say time, money and energy because it really does. So he might be at college two nights a week. He's then training for an exam. He's then got to have a portfolio meeting. He's then got to take a load of photos at work. He's then got to pay some money. Now, the thing here is there's an opportunity cost for all that. And this is the cost of doing something. The cost of doing that. And it's the cost of missing out on something else. He missed out on some of the time at home with the kids. He all missed out on some of the monetary amount of money that he could have spent on property investment that we now realize actually it would have been better to just pay somebody else to do bricklaying or whatever it was. When you've done your own renovations, you kind of think, oh yeah, yeah, my husband can do this, 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 and this. So he'll just do all these things. But you don't think about it from the perspective of what opportunity cost. He could go out and earn this, or he could go and do this, this work, and we could actually double our progress. So I want you to think about opportunity costs. Are you just, you're so far deep in it that you don't feel you can get out. I mean, I was like this in my corporate career. I was like, I've come this far, like, I'm, I'm so addicted to the salary, the regularity of it, the, the, the fact that it was fairly generous. Like I've come so far, I'm, my mortgage, my debt is completely absorbed in this life that I've created. So as a result, I had the opportunity cost that I had no time, money or energy to invest in my business on the side because there was so much going in my career. It wasn't like you had a day job that you could just turn up and not think about. You know, if you're listening to this and you still have a day job, then it's probably something that's quite demanding on you because that's the type of driven person you are and where you've got to and what you're doing. Opportunity cost. Have a think about, is this your goal? If this is really your goal, your dream goal, or are you playing smaller? Are you dumbing it down and doing something else because you don't think? There's this thing like parallel careers where I'd like to be an actor, but I don't feel like I could be an actor or actress. So I'm going to be a supporting role like, I don't know, I can do technical edits or I can do the makeup. And really, you don't want to be there. You want to be on the other side of the screen. And that's going to affect you. I want you to have a think about that. Okay. And my final thoughts for today, because it is hard. My final thoughts are that, you know, every time you hear a breakthrough story, every time you hear of somebody's struggle and you know I remember reading about the lady who founded Wonderbra 
and how she struggled one winter because they were going to pull the order one Christmas and she really needed that winter order. And then the snow came and the trucks couldn't get the delivery. And they literally, the truck was just going to drive off because it's like, I can't even get up to your warehouse or factory or whatever it was. And she was like, no, we are bringing the Wonder Bras to you. And she got herself and everybody in all their cars and loading them up with these bras to throw in this truck to deliver like, a, I don't know, it was a BHS order or something like that. When you hear about Jamie Lee Kermer, who had the makeup brand, the It Girl makeup brand, I think it was, you know, when you hear of the struggles she went through from trying to pull it off in her living room, getting knocked back. When you hear about the Spanx founder, Sarah Blakely, going into those stores and then shoving her new product that she'd fought tooth and nail to get in the stores, they shoved it in the corner so nobody would buy it. And she was like, no, we're going to put it here. And the sales people were like, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. And she went, she went hell for leather in those stores to make sure it sold. So when you realize that, I want to, I want to offer this, that often your breakthrough comes right after your toughest times, your biggest pains. So don't give up on your dream life yet. I hope that's re-engaged you for the rest of this year and the start of next year because as I said this is the season when everyone looks to start quitting things and I don't want you to quit on something just because it's not working. I want you to change your tactic. I want to know you've got me by your side and you've got others and we are cheering you on. It is your dream life if it is your dream life and stop doing the things that aren't in that direction because remember the opportunity cost of doing those, the things that are stopping you from investing time, money and energy. Stop doing those and start doing more of this. Let's focus on it for 2024. I can't wait to see you next year. And I really want to know what your goals are. We're looking at doing goal setting sessions and really getting focused for 2024 because I want it to be a magical and exceptional manifestation year for you. We are action taking here. Please reach out to me. It's Sue Parker at I am I at I am Sue Parker. Links in the show notes. And you can also reach out to me over on the website. Take care, folks. Hit that follow button and I'll see you again very soon. Bye. Congratulations for showing up and being one of the 8% that actually turn their dreams into reality. I appreciate you for listening and I am committed to helping you improve the quality of your life. For more resources, make sure you check out the show notes underneath. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave me a five-star review. And remember, you are incredible. And if you dream it, you can achieve it. Mm -hmm.